Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 417. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and hey, Happy New Year. Yeah, that's it. We've taken a month off. We have uh, took off the whole month of December. Actually, we did a show on the 6th of December, I think, or something like that. Anyhow, um, but yeah, we're coming back at you in January, and we're, what, five weeks away from free agency, and all, all hell's breaking loose. All sorts of things happened over the holidays that we could have done some shows, but we didn't. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I got a bad, bad chest right now getting over bronchitis, so I may hack up a lung here, there tonight, and I'll try not to do it in the microphone. Anyhow, beside the point. So, yeah, we've had a lot of news that happened, like coaches all over the place, players being released to go to NFL opportunities. And yesterday we had a breaking news story that after the loss to the Tennessee Titans, the New England Patriots had uh, released Tom Brady to uh, uh, seek out CFL opportunities. Now, um, this really threw the CFL teams in a bit of a, a conundrum. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for because nobody actually had Tom Brady on their negotiations list. So it was a, it was a free for all trying to get this quarterback onto the team. Uh, no, seriously. Uh, it was a story that broke in. It was a bit of a joke. Uh, it was a little bit of satire, shall we say, but uh, Tom Brady has not been released by the new new England Patriots, although he may not come back. We don't know where there's a lot of speculation happening on his career, there's no way in hell that he would come and play in the CFL. Uh, he made more in five minutes on the field in the NFL than he could in a career in the CFL. Uh, so, yeah, but the, the story did break out that it was kind of funny. And, uh, he did that. But here's, here's the kicker on that is this is what I'm, I'm thinking about this. And we've got a, a plethora of uh, players that have been released and or signed in for the NFL. And, We've got one person who the the story broke is coming to the the CFL and nobody had him on their negotiation list. I think the negotiation list is absolutely asinine right now. What if, what if the Montreal Alouettes had Tom Brady on their negotiation list? I mean, it would absolutely be stupid of them to put up a position for that because we know that Tom Brady would never come to the CFL. It just doesn't make sense. He's a gazillionaire. And why would he come here and play CFL and get hurt? He'd rather go golfing. Um, but the side the point is that you can't waste the roster spot on that. But what if he actually wanted to come up here? And what happens? Just everybody, it's a free-for-all for everything. I think the negotiation list is really stupid. Some, You know, you've got a player down in the States, and you're going, oh, man, I'm going to put him on the negotiation list, and nobody else can get him. Well, what if he doesn't want to play for you? What if he doesn't want to come? If Tom Brady was on the negotiation list for the Montreal Alouettes and he said, I'm only playing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the Alouettes said, no, you're not. Does that mean that he doesn't come to the CFL because of this? And I know we're talking very hypothetical right now because it's Tom Brady and there's no way he could do that. But, you know, <coughs> excuse me, we had like Chad Johnson came up here and we, we had uh, Terrell Owens was talking about it. And, you know, all pretty big name players down in the NFL at the end of their career and the twilight of their career. 
and uh, they came up to the CFL. We got this stupid thing called a negotiation list, and one team gets the exclusive rights to him only because they put his name on a list? In what world does this make sense? Yeah, you've got scouting and you've got everything else, but, you know, that's kind of like a draft. We we should have a draft. Anybody, any NFL player or anybody down in the States that wants to come in up to the CFL should enlist and should qualify or, or uh, register for the uh, American draft and then let the teams uh, draft players each year. I mean, doesn't that make more sense? That's what we do with the – uh, the, the college up here in Canada. So why don't we do this with American players coming up or why is it just a free for all? Let's sign who we can. Uh, I don't know. It's just something in there. I mean, your scouting department, I don't know. It's a big kettle of worms, but uh, I just think the negotiation list is, is served its purpose and is, is like passe. It's, you know, out of vogue now and uh, we should go do something else with it. Uh, there should be another way of doing this. I don't know how, but, it, there should be it because the negotiation list to me is just it. The more I think about it, the stupider it is. Okay. Um, so anyhow, that's kind of my opinion on this. And uh, I, I'm sure that everybody else is going to have an opinion on it. So we're going to open up the mics right now and talk to the guys. <clears throat> and, you know, for somebody who's been like harassing me all day about doing the show coming, are we coming back on everything else? Um, Will hasn't even given me a phone number yet to come on board and talk on the show. So, I mean, what the hell, Will? What, what, where are you? What's going on? Uh, welcome to the show, Charles Holy Cliff. Uh, Happy New Year. And uh, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Sorry, Will did send you a, uh, a number about uh, right as the show was starting. Okay. I see that number it's now. now. Yeah. Okay. I will I uh, put him that. into the box and, uh, and, and, and phone him off. There we go. Yes. Well, I was like talking, that, so well. I, 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 couldn't, yeah. I couldn't look at that. Yep. Fair enough. Look at, so Will just sent me a message. He says, you need to look again, <laughs> bitch. Yep. I did saw that. Did you really just call me a bitch? I believe oh, well, I well, I wouldn't have put it in print <laughs> if I didn't, okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, Charles is talking right now. Take your back seat. Okay, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Okay. Okay. Yes. Charles, there you go. Yes. Welcome I'm to doing the show. well. Hello, and Happy New Year to all on January 8th. What point do you stop wishing people a Happy New Year? Are we already at that point now? Or <laughs> no. I remember there's been times where people have, uh, like, early February, people are saying to me, Happy New Year. I'm like, well, that was a month ago. Well, I think you're supposed to say it whenever you uh, meet somebody for the first time in this year that is yep. important to you. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Now, I, I know right. that if you're just you're, you're seeing Aunt Martha for the first time this year in August, you probably wouldn't think about Happy New Year. Quite likely but, not, no. But anybody right now and, and in the next little while that, you know, if it's they're important to you, then you just wish them – Wish him good greetings. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Do you? No, I have no problem with that either. I know yeah. I've seen some people say, "Oh, it's the middle of January. Stop wishing me a happy." I mean, what's the difference? Why do no, I offend it, you so much? Well, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah well, you don't just say, "Well, happy Hanukkah." Want it? Yeah. Or or Ukrainian New Year or Christmas or whatever the hell it is, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. 
Okay. But I'm good. That's, a, that's a something that always bothered me about Ukrainian Christmas, right? I mean, they don't have it to what, like the 12th of January or something? Yeah, they get all the January, deals. Basically. You know, they yeah. get all the deals buying all the, the, the after-Christmas specials, Christmas and then they get to give them away Boxing at Christmas. Day. It's not fair. Yeah. True. Any, anyhow. Oh, well. No biggie. Yes. Yep. Yeah, no, not at all. Yep. Okay, so let's see who else is on board here. We might, talk about. we might as well introduce Will, because he's already made himself part of the podcast. William, so Happy New Year. So, in, so introduce me then. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I guess Bitch. this is the first time I've... <laughs> oh, CJ, I missed you, buddy. Anyways, um... Yeah, as far as and I and I did listen to the first four minutes of the podcast, by the way, because I wanted to hear those tones of CJ talking again. Okay, and uh, um, let's start the, the let's start the year off good. Negotiation list, I don't care. <laughs> okay, I don't. Well, care. the bell was it's too useless. early then. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of everything. Tom Brady in the CFL, yeah, okay. That would be like uh, that would be like saying Will is going to be under 200 pounds this year, okay? It ain't going to happen. Okay, so I don't. But that is possible. That is possible. Although it's highly unlikely, and we don't wish those diseases on you. The only the only problem is I, I I like food too much, and. Yeah, that's the only way I'd get there is if I lost is if I had a disease. So, yeah. Anyways, but it is possible. So, Tom Brady coming to the sure. CFL is not possible. Not okay? gonna happen. So, no. I don't even know Just, if I want to see Tom Brady in the CFL. Why would we? Motion, I don't like people who cheat. The, the motion, the motion would fuck him up big time. So, yeah. Um, you know. He doesn't um, have an arm for the seal. And on top of that, the Gronk is not playing anymore, so he wouldn't have anybody to throw the ball to. So you don't know about these things because you don't watch NFL football. I do not. So, because you don't know what a Gronk is, do you? What is a Gronk? Rod, Rob, Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. His, his okay. favorite tight end for most of his career, who did not play okay. this year because he retired. So Okay. I did there see something that, 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 that I did notice. I did notice that Bill Belichick, is that his name? He, yes. He, he doesn't know if he's going to return to the Patriots. Yes, as he uh, said, he hasn't decided. That, that, yeah, that well. to me, see, I, I noticed that. That, that. that went, oh, that's important, isn't it? That's important to somebody, just not me. Okay. Well, so yeah, it is important. Not me. It isn't. It's important to the other 29 teams in the NFL because they'll all try and sign them, okay? No problem. That's what's important. Yeah. So, anyways, but. Okay. Yeah, I don't care about the NFL. Not at all. When are we going to talk about the CFL? And I, I, just so you know, going back to the negotiation list and all these players that, that are signing in the NFL from the CFL right now, I hate that. I hate that so much. It's not funny. What? They're, they're signing in the NFL? Yes. Because 90% of them, 90% of them are going to be training camp fodder. That's it. Yeah, but okay. they got they got to hold on to their dream. Yeah, they, you know they, what? Their dream, they, 
not not one American is grows up says, oh, I I, I want to play in the CFL. Not no, one American but every kid. Amer- but every American, but every American grows up saying, I want to play professional football. Well, CFL these guys is are professional football. CFL. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the CFL, the NFL wouldn't be looking at you. I of just course. hate it because they're they're gonna go and one percent of them are gonna make it and the rest of the guys are coming back to the CFL. But they're holding and, on to their dream. Uh, yeah, you cannot you can't deny somebody their dream. Okay. I agree. With I, I mean, I understand. Okay. I understand. I understand what you're saying, Will. But at the same time, I mean, if a guy wants to take a shot, and there's a team down there that's interested in him, do you really want to say, you know what? No, you can't go. How well did that work out for James, uh, Ottawa with Jamie Elzondo? Because the guy fucked off anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just. I just believe, you know what, if you sign contracts, you should honor your contract, which some of them are, but we put in that stupid clause in the CBA where they can get the month of February or whatever the crap it is to go try out for the NFL. And I don't know, I just, I think it screws up continuity in your team, especially if these guys come in late, because if if they don't make the NFL, somebody's going to pick them up, and it should be the team that they had before. And I well, don't know. Okay, just, that's a different ballgame. That's like a different thing. What we're talking about now is that the team that they they release them owns their rights if they come back. No, I, that's I have not no true. issues with that. That should that's happen. That's not true. It's no, if it's they not own their rights, it should happen. If, if they own their rights, yes, I agree. If if I've released you from a contract before it's over, you're not a free agent. Yep. Okay, then you have to come back and honor the remainder of that contract. Now, if if it's only till February fifteenth and it's it's three weeks of off season, then that doesn't count. But if I've released you with a year left on your contract, you're coming back to my football team. I have no issue saying that. Yeah, I don't either. Right. I don't. But I I believe we have to give them the opportunity to improve their 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 stay in life. Sure. I, I don't disagree with that part. Okay. So I, I think that they should stay, remain the property of whichever football team released them. Yeah. I, 100%. I agree with that. And, and, and that will stop shit like Khalif Mitchell, who left Toronto for the NFL and three days later signed with the BC Lions. I, I just, that, that just turned my stomach. And I like Khalif, and I was glad that he came to the BC Lions at that point in time. But it's not right. No, it wasn't. I disagreed with it. And I said so at the time. Right? At least be honorable about shit. You know, it's kind of like, you know, one of the guys in in one of the auto parts stores in in, in the town here – he told his boss that he's retiring and they threw him a big party and, you know, and he retired and, you know, he got all these different things. Three days later, he's, he's working at the competitor's auto parts store. And, you know, his, his argument was, well, I didn't want them to screw me on my holiday pay. So I told him I was retiring. And I'm going, 
how can you not be honest about shit like that? That's just like, you know, they, they, they put in e- extra effort for you. And, and then you went and did that to them? Yeah, I don't know. Just wrong. It's wrong, it's not it's wrong like, on a lot of different it's levels. Not like, it's not like merit is so big that they'd miss that he did went back to work <laughs> for the competitor, right? Yeah. So there's only 7,000 people here. I know. How, how, how do you not know who I'm talking about if you lived here, right? <laughs> right. Anyways, talk to somebody else because I'm sure they all want to talk. Well, well they can yeah. talk. Their mics are open. Uh, sorry, yeah, we forgot all about you guys. Mark, how you doing? Come on in to the show, buddy. And uh, Phil's here as well. Yeah, Mark, why, would I wanna t- why would I want to interrupt when I'm just sitting here going, okay, what tangent are we going off on this time? I'm surprised we kept up the football, so that was a nice change. <laughs> uh, New Year's, all that crap was good. Uh, with your Happy New Year thing and when to say it until and all that, what drives me nuts is when you see somebody on New Year's Eve and you're going to be seeing somebody, that same person, on January 2nd, I'll see you next year. See you next year. Shut the hell up. <laughs> drives me crazy. Yeah, well, not much you can do about it. No. William, did you survive your cheeseburger from yesterday? Um, yeah, barely. But, yeah, you know, it I don't eat that much, so it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. It was an afternoon off of work, so I didn't care. <laughs> But I paid for it this morning. Yeah, no, yeah, I paid for it last I night. Ran, I ran like it. No, I ran like a demon all day today. So because I took uh, that yeah. <laughs> case anybody's wondering, we got to sit down and have a cheeseburger with Mark yesterday in Calgary. So yeah, I got to meet Mark. I've met. Let's see, I've met almost everybody now, haven't I? Haven't? Yeah, yeah. I met Charles. I met CJ. I've met Mark. Um. What's that other guy's name? The Saskatchewan. Phil. He's name? not here yet. Phil. Yeah. Oh, he's so, not here yet. I met him too. He's here. He, he's, he's online. Here. He just hasn't talked yet. Oh, okay. I met him too. Yeah, that you met Chris too, didn't you? That was pretty anticlimactic. And I met met Chris. Yeah. And I saw. We haven't seen Chris in a long time. He's, he's not talking no, no, to us I anymore. Saw that, I saw that female person from a distance at the Great Cup last year. So. Whose name is not going to be mentioned. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. You didn't say that soon enough. I met her too. Yeah, I didn't meet her. I saw her from a distance. So, that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. But yes, it was a pleasure meeting you, Mark, and having a conversation with you. So, it was lots of fun. It's always good to put faces and bodies to a voice. He's a lot bigger than you thought, isn't he? <laughs> no, actually, he's not. No, okay. No. Okay. Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Christopher. I'm doing great. Great. I see uh, that uh, Charles has a great show planned for us, and I think it's he going does. to attract fans from right, right across the country. You think? Because... Yep, with all these changes in coaches across the league, uh, we've got some interesting topics coming up. 
Only thing I ever want to add is uh, Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, want to express my sincere disappointment that I wasn't able to meet with Mark yesterday when he was in town. Of course, it wasn't that I wasn't able to. It was that nobody called me. He didn't me. ask? He didn't call you, eh? No. Really? No. What a ditch. No. What a ditch pig. Yeah. Being a I, writer, I can't believe that. Forgetting you live in Calgary. Yeah. That was a dick move, actually, I, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Dick move. <laughs> well, and, okay. and just, just, to, just to add to that, I mean, I, I, I think I've only ever invited Phil to one football game. Is there any reason for that, do you think? Just, just, just want to speculate. Let's leave it alone. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark has uh, has good reason to be arrogant with his Bombers uh, winning the uh, the Grey Cup in in 2019. I suppose that was last he year. Thought, he thought that I should know where he's at, and probably should have contacted him. That's, I guess that's understandable. You're supposed to track him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a rider fan. I fe- I forget that you guys are spread like vermin all across the country. That's true. Yeah, don't come looking for me in Regina. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Regina. Phil, can you meet me at the airport? I haven't seen a Regina in about two years. Yeah, well, um, my condolences. <laughs> Okay, enough of this shit. Let's talk some football. You guys ready up for that? I know it's 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 been a it's been like a whole month and we haven't talked about football, but you know uh, it it is a sport that we all love and uh, we should get at it. Yep. Anybody have any issues? No. Nope. You want to talk about anything else first? Nope. Nope. We're we're done with all this all the, all the bullshit here, political shit and whatever else. I would say so. Okay, let's talk some football. Um, oh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, BC Lions signed Rick Campbell as the new head coach to take over the uh, the team. Good move, bad move? Is this a surprise? I thought this was a bit of a surprise. I really thought that he was going to go to Edmonton. Uh, Rick Campbell in BC, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and uh, the other thing is that they've... Uh, they released their entire uh, quarterbacking st- or quarterback coaching staff already, which I thought was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing that they've done that already, and uh, a, a nice group of coaches. I mean, they they were the first team to announce their coaching staff, are they not? Um, not no, I think there's a couple other ones that announced it. I I don't remember Maybe seeing wrong, anything, but, but then I really haven't been paying too much I attention. Saw that. Okay. Anyone else seeing it? I don't know. I thought I saw that, but maybe not. I think, um, don't think it was Ottawa, but I do remember that one team did release all their, the names of all their coaches. They did? Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yep. Well, what do you guys think, Rick? Rick Campbell, Charles, you think Rick Campbell, are you, you happy with this move for the BC Lions? I am. Um, I, like you, was actually quite surprised at this because I was with you in thinking that uh, 
that uh, Rick Campbell was going to end up uh, with the um, Edmonton Eskimos. Eskimos. It just seemed to be uh, one of these things that just seemed destined with you know with uh, his father's um, with his father's history there. So to me, it seemed like a no-brainer that he was going to end up there. But uh, as it turns out, uh, he has I uh, guess a pretty good uh, relationship with um, Ed Hervey, and uh, that was what ended up bringing him here um i'm not uh at all upset i mean anytime you can hire a great cup winning head coach uh on your sidelines it's a good thing i looked at the um uh coaching staff that he's put together and um it looks actually pretty good uh no offense but um there's no jarius jackson listed on the coaching staff that was the first thing i looked for when I saw yeah. it had been announced, and his name wasn't there, and I was pleased about that. I was also quite pleased to see um, um, what's it, um, Kelly Bates coming back as offensive line coach, yeah. which I was quite happy to see as well, because uh, the offensive line did improve last year after um, after he came. So I was actually happy to see that he was coming back. Uh, I'm optimistic. I mean, uh, um, Rick Campbell, a good coach. Uh, the guy they brought in for um, offensive coordinator. I'm just trying to remember what his name is. I can't remember it off the top Matichuk of my head. Matichuk or something. Matichuk. Something. Uh, that, it's He's not right. In, but... or, here we go. Uh, Jordan McKismick. Yeah, okay. Uh, the offensive coordinator. So he's worked before with Mike Riley. They were together in Edmonton and so on. So uh, yeah. I'm glad that they're bringing in a guy that Riley has worked with before. Glad that Ryan Phillips is still here as defensive backs coach. And yeah. uh, defensive coordinator uh, Rick Campbell is going to do it himself. Rick, Rick now, Campbell, that's yeah. the one thing that I'm a little weary on. I, I'm not always a big fan of uh, the head coach also being a coordinator. Um, I think that the head coach should be just a head coach and have guys. I mean, I I know he's. I think he might have done it before. I'm not positive, but uh, I would have preferred to see um, a separate defensive coordinator. But hey, this is what Rick Campbell wants to do, so we'll we'll give him a shot to do it. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic's going to work. But you never know. Maybe that. It'll work out, so I'm willing to at least give him a chance. So, uh, Jason Tucker coming in as wide receivers coach, another guy that's worked with Mike Riley. The other one that kind of caught me off guard was Danny O'Brien as offensive assistant. I hadn't heard that he had retired, so that one I wasn't quite expecting. Danny O'Brien. Yes. Yeah, coming I didn't know he a, had retired either. I brought that up right no. away. I went, what the fuck's going on here? Okay. Yeah. I I just noticed we lost Phil. He he hung up his phone by mistake. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's not go to him next then. No, we're not going to go to him next. I'm going to phone him though. Okay. Okay, Mark. Yep. What do you think of Rick Campbell over in BC? If I ask well, he's just going to say I don't care. It's obviously an improvement over last year. Yeah, that goes without really even having to talk about it too long. Is they had to do something, they did it. They've got an experienced head coach. <laughs> but like Charles said, 
Why does he need to be defensive coordinator? I know. It's my biggest pet peeve with the CFL. It, it really is. There's a lot of pressure on him, too, as just as the head coach, because, yeah, the offensive line improved. But Mike Riley still ended up the season. Did he not break his wrist? He broke yeah. his wrist. Yeah. Uh, of his so non-throwing hand. Non-throwing regardless, hand. Regardless, the offensive line still led him to a broken wrist. And now you're coming in as the head coach. And, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to be way more worried about the defense. Uh, you guys do whatever you want to do on the offense. I'll come over every so often and check on it. That's not what a head coach does. He does have to let his coordinators work, but he should be overseeing the entire thing, not worrying about defense all the time and then drawing up the game plan and everything else. He, I really thought they would bring in a defensive coordinator. I'm surprised they didn't. I am too. I'm really surprised that Noel Thorpe didn't come over with him from Ottawa. But in, in saying that, I, I've liked Noel Thorpe for a long time as a defensive coordinator for a lot of teams. Montreal Alouettes, he was amazing over there. Uh, but lately I've heard a lot of negative things about him personally that a lot of people don't like playing for him. So, you know, I'm kind of torn on that one, but uh, a brilliant defensive mind. Anyhow. Okay. Yeah, no, William. he'll improve the team. Okay, I, I, I believe so too. William. Rick Campbell, BC Lions. I don't care. What do you actually have something to say? Um, I'm thinking there's going to be a whole lot less pot smoking in the coaches' room this season. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, 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 other than Kelly Bates, I haven't heard about a lot of the assistant coaches. I, I was going to do some research today on them, but I just didn't get a chance to, so I, I didn't get around to. But I'm assuming if Rick Campbell picked them, then they're going to be decent coaches. I mean, he's a winning coach. He's an experienced coach. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer as far as if they had a chance to hire him, you hire him, which they did. So, um I'm kind of, I'm kind of not surprised he didn't sign in Edmonton because I've heard from a number of people that he's always trying to get away from his father's legacy, and that's a pretty big legacy. Okay, so why not? Uh, I think his record speaks for itself. He's won a Grey Cup. He's been in the Grey Cup numerous times as a mm-hmm. head coach. So you know what? I, I think. Out of everybody in the CFL that got hired as as head coaches in the last month since we've had this conversation, Rick Campbell was the number one candidate, and BC got him. So, yeah, and I don't I'd know if that'll that be co- good or bad. I, I don't I don't know if that'll be good or bad because last year at this time of the year, <laughs> Devon Claybrooks was the number one coaching candidate, and BC got him too. So. Uh, you know. I don't know if he was the number one coaching candidate. In fact, you know yes, what? I really hadn't heard who he was. I didn't didn't even know who the hell he was when BC Lions signed him. So I hadn't heard Everybody who was the number them. one. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure about that. I am. 
Okay, anyway, fine. So it doesn't matter. Rich Campbell, Rich Campbell got signed, and let's see what he can do. I mean, so, you can sign all the coaches you want, but you need a good team to coach. So let's see what happens. I, I don't think the BC Lions were a bad team last year. Their uh, defense I, I, was horrific. Yeah, their own oh, line wasn't so. so. I it. thought their defense played relatively well in several yeah, I A still, lot of times their I defense still, wasn't putting up points. Yeah, but I still believe they needed more teeth on the defensive line, which they didn't have. That and, I agree with. Uh, and the offensive line, it did improve when Kelly Bates came around, but understand they played Ottawa 16 times that after Kelly Bates showed up. So Co- Correct, but, man. You can put lipstick true. on a pig, but it's still right. a pig. Yeah, let's but, just see what happens this year from the get-go. That's all. Earlier in the year, even against the bad teams, they were having problems with that offensive line. Yeah. I remember a couple of games yes, against were. Toronto where they were struggling. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. But, I mean, they have, they need pieces. There's no doubt about that either. So, but, you know, I, I think we'll see. Well, the next big thing for all of us is free agency, right? And see who's out there and see who signs. And Five see weeks. who didn't go to that. And see who didn't go to the NFL. Yeah. So. I don't know if this ahead, is something that will get you excited or something that's going to depress you. But it's 136 days, 15 hours, 26 minutes, and 35 seconds to the first CFL game of the season. Yeah, okay. but I still, I, I do. I got the I countdown clock fill, going. I do get to fill that void with NFL playoffs right now, so. Yeah, well. And NFL playoffs are, if it's the only thing on TV, well, I'll watch it, so. So be it. Phil, mm-hmm. welcome back. Thanks, Christopher. Hey, uh, you what know, happened? You, like, push the button, oh. the, the big button that, that says don't push me? I'm sure glad yeah, you're not Donald way. Trump. That's the one. I, yeah, I hit the red button on the left instead of the one on the right. Yeah. So, you know, this this hire by the BC Lions, it, it's a it's a it's a good hire, but it's not a very exciting hire. But I agree with you guys. I I think the more I think about it, I, I think the, the Lions have done the right thing here. He's got a track record. I mean, after all, Rick Campbell's already built one team from the ground up in the CFL. And he's got one more that he can do with in, in BC. I, I think his track record uh, indicates he was the best hire. And this offseason, what a great year for a BC to have had a ma- made a mistake because this offseason, there were many choices out there. You know, unlike last year when you had, there was three or four really solid quarterbacks on the free agent list, uh, last year didn't have much quality at, at, uh, at potential head coaches they didn't did have what yeah, didn't seem to be the high end that got you excited where this year really did yeah yeah there were a I, lot of good coaches out there yeah there yeah. i think and, there's only one person there on that out there right now that i would have rather had as a head coach for bc lions and uh i i'm, I'm don't get me wrong i'm completely ecstatic about the way things turned out and i'm happy for it but uh I, I would like to see Scott Milanovic. I had no idea that this guy was coming back to the CFL, and because uh, he would have definitely got my vote. Yeah, Again, a great winning coach. Out of nowhere. It did. It did. 
and I'm really happy for the Edmonton Eskimos, the, the organization and the fan base. They they got themselves a winner there. I mean, any, anybody who can win a Grey Cup in Toronto's <laughs> got to be doing something right. It, it's great for the CFL to have Scott Milanovic back back in the league. I think. Oh, without question, without question. Oh, yeah. And did you see the news? His press release today. Okay, did, did you not. see it? Ah, uh, yeah, no. it, it was good. I I just scrolled past it, looking at that stupid thing that Kelly Bates posted. Kelly Bates. Uh, Kelly Bale, sorry. Kelly Bale posted that picture of that model wearing the rider's gear. Oh, I saw that, yes. That's just wrong on multiple levels. Uh, Okay, according to uh, Eskimos uh, head coach Scott Milanovic, he goes, I love Chris Jones. I think everyone knows that. I spoke to him yesterday, but that's not going to happen for Jones to become the Eskimos defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, I, I did read that. But the yeah. first thing that came to mind was I thought, and also tying back in with our, what we were talking about, about Rick Campbell, um, maybe he's just leaving that spot for defense, defensive coordinator open for Chris Jones, although I have heard the Browns are uh, committed to keeping him. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a story out there. They're committed to keeping him. <coughs> okay. Well, that's a good news. Okay, let's uh, move on down the list here. Rick Campbell is in BC. Ryan Dinwiddie takes over the hire in Toronto. I thought this was a little bit over the top. This kind of caught me off guard. Uh, I think Ryan Dinwiddie should have been an offensive coordinator for a couple of years before he jumped to the head coaching job. Uh, This has traces of uh, Michael Shea to it. Uh, and he at least was a special teams coordinator before he became a head coach. But uh, a great football mind. I think he pretty much was the offensive coordinator in uh, in Calgary, even though the title belonged to Dave Dickinson. Um, I think Ryan pretty much did most of the offensive work on that with approval or rubber stamp from Dave. Uh, that, that being said, I, I still think that he needed more experience in that position before you go make him a head coach, and especially a head coach <coughs> in a city that has been so pathetic for so long that they needed to do something, and they didn't do it. If Scott Milanovic was available for hire, he should have gone back to Toronto. Toronto should have moved the mountains to get that guy back to, to that city. Uh, that didn't happen. So uh, what's your thoughts on Ryan Dinwiddie being the rookie head coach in the Toronto Argonauts? William, go for it. Well, once again, and you know, a favorite saying is, is it the system or is it the player or is it the system or is it the coach? So um, Ryan Dinwiddie is thought of very highly in Calgary. I'm sure that he was willing to take any job because he's not going to be the head coach in Calgary for a long time. Dave Dickinson isn't going anywhere. Okay. He might not have even been got the, the, the the title of offensive coordinator because Dave Dickinson did handle, he still called the plays on the sidelines. 
and Ryan Dinwiddie dealt with the quarterbacks. Um, I, I mean, I, I would I would hope that a guy like Mike Clemens would phone guys that he knows and say, hey, what do you think of this Ryan Dinwiddie guy? And maybe that's what he based some of his uh, decision on. But, I mean, you're always going out on a limb when you hire a rookie head coach who's never been a – who's never been a head coach. Look at, I, I hate to use this as an example, but look at BC last year, okay? And, I mean, Devon Claybrooks was a defensive coordinator for three or four years, and he had great defenses, but it still didn't pan out. But you never know. I mean, because uh, Craig Dickinson did a good job last year in Saskatchewan, and he'd never been a head coach, and he was a special teams coach. So, I guess we will see. Now let's see if Michael Clemens gets players for Ryan Dinwiddie to coach because I don't even think they're well. They don't have a they don't have a starting quarterback that we know of currently. No, okay. and and, and when you get the, a headline that says "New Argos head coach likes what he sees on the tape from veteran Bethel Thompson," you cringe. Well, no, but I do like Bethel Thomas, and I think he's their best football, or I think he's their best quarterback. Of course, he's he is. Also, thirty years old, thirty-one years old. And at one point in time, Jonathan Jennings was the best quarterback Ottawa had. No, that was never that never happened. Sorry, um, he hasn't been the best quarterback anybody's had except after his second year. Um, but yeah, so let's see what he does. I just. I just don't see the personnel in Toronto, but once again, free agency is going to come along. I thought Dinwiddie would have tried to get Toronto to go after Arbuckle, but they didn't. So maybe he likes Bethel Thomas because, I mean, let's face it, Brian Dinwiddie will be a passing offensive or offensive head coach. Okay, there's no doubt about it. They will pass the ball a lot. Yeah. So we shall see. We shall see. I hope he does well, and I hope he doesn't do well. So, but I mean, it's good for the league if Toronto gets better. Let's face it. Yep. Without question. Without question. Uh, Mark, what do you got there? You know, when I first heard it, I was thinking, "Wow, this is out of left field." But then, after a little bit, I was thinking about it, and they had talked most of the second half of the season about how he was going to be looked at as a coach. Let's face it, there's an awful lot of times that not very good quarterbacks make awesome coaches. Could this be one of the times? It's possible. It's a huge jump. Like you're skipping coordinator of any type into there. So like Will said, it will be a passing offense. And I like Bethel Thompson, too. I actually do. He's old, so you know you, if you do sign him, you're not getting him for long term. But I like the guy. But, no, it's a huge chance Toronto's taking. I hope Clemens knows what he's doing. I actually think Dinwiddie will improve them. They can't get a whole ton worse. But I do think he will improve them. He's a better coach than Corey Chamlin. I don't think that that's up for debate. 
No, um, that's not up for debate. <laughs> right? I just don't think it is. Not a high bar. <laughs> no, the bar. Not setting the bar very high at all, Charles. That's correct. But you know, you know I, I when I heard could... that he was interested or or was top of the list for offensive coordinator in BC, I'm going. That's a good logical move for him. That's a great step for him to go up there, uh, unless he takes the head coaching job in Ottawa, and that's what the the headline said. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, why would they do that? Why would they take? Ryan Didwitty as a head coach in Ottawa. Well, Ottawa didn't take him as a head coach. Toronto, Toronto did, though. Yeah. I do love it that it's a new face. It's not just another recycled old man. Mm. Yeah. You know, from that standpoint, I love this. We do need new blood. Milanovic is probably the second youngest coach in the CFL, and he's not exactly new blood. So no. it, it's nice to see some new blood in the CFL. I really do hope he succeeds. Um, he's going to be in well, tough. But yeah. you know what? He got to sit in team meetings with Huffnagel, with Dickinson, with a lot of very, very knowledgeable people. He has mm-hmm. been there for a few years. So maybe he soaked it up. Guess we'll find out in 130-some days. Well, I mean, the same thing could have been said about Devon Claybrooks, could it not? Yep, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we and, were saying last year at this time it was a good hiring by BC. I, and the one yeah, thing, I, a, I don't know, think I ever said it was a good about, hire. I was going to say the one thing about Ryan Dinwiddie is he doesn't wear a hat. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe they just hired him to get his sparkling blue eyes on the promo stuff so that they'll get more women to the games or something. I don't know. And is that a bad thing? No. Nope. No, not at all. I I, I don't have a problem with this hire at all. But as far as a player goes, he's not the most successful player in CFL history because I think he's one of only four quarterbacks that lost a great cup to Saskatchewan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the one that only gave me ever started this entire career. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kid, you get to make your first start. Hey, it's in the Grey Cup. You, you can't blame him for that. No. Okay, Phil. Yeah, that's well documented, that 2007 Grey Cup. And I'm going to admit, as a Ryder fan, that... Uh, had there not been an injury to Kevin Glenn and Ryan Dinwiddie started that game, that Mark could have blown his load probably about 12 years earlier. Yeah, but then they, they wouldn't have won it in the last 12 years either. So, you know, shit happens. I agree there. But uh, I don't know. Um, I agree. I think it was Will said that, uh, or who it was, that said that uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, they, they actually see something in him. Well, I guess uh, Coach Dinwiddie did. And and I'm with Coach Dinwiddie on that. I, I think he's got a quarterback there. Here's a guy with, you know, not a whole lot of CFL experience yet, but he's showing me a lot of confidence in the pack, in the pocket, and he's really just looks unflappable. So I, I as, a, as a Toronto Argonaut fan, or if I was one, I'd be excited about the uh, the season coming up. Um, 
it at least it's no less interesting than what was going on with the BC lines last winter and spring and and uh, things were pretty exciting in BC up until about the second week of July. So Toronto's got I, I, I hope ahead. things aren't the same in Toronto as they were in BC last year. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. You know, just, up just the for the Argo's sake. But you know the story that you put up there, uh, Charles. Uh, I, nobody mentioned. I love that uh, that reference, that Bob Obilovich reference. He came to to the Argos organization as much, very much an unknown as well. He had been the quarterbacks coach, I think, and the article said, and as well as the offensive coordinator for maybe one year in Ottawa, and then uh, became the head coach in Toronto. Um, and that worked out pretty good for for the Argonauts organization over time and the CFL. Okay. Let's jump to the next coach. We got Paul LaPolice hired in Ottawa. No surprise there. None at all. Paul LaPolice was going to get a head coaching job somewhere in the CFL, whether it was BC, Ottawa, Toronto. He was going somewhere. That's just a fact. We could, we actually could have seen him in, in Winnipeg if uh, Toronto had hired Mike O'Shea. Uh, that was speculated quite often uh, prior to the end of the season. Uh, but it didn't happen, and uh, that's okay. Paul Apple's in Ottawa. That's a good thing. Uh, the downside to that is uh, Marcel Desjardins is still the GM over there, and nobody seems to like him. So I kind of feel sorry for Paul Apple's getting himself into another bad situation with a bad GM. Can you say Joe Mack? Like shit, man. I feel bad for Paul. Mark, what's your thoughts on losing Paul Lapolis, your offensive coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bomb? Great Cup winning Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, how well do you think he's going to do in Ottawa? I think he's going to do quite well. Um, <clears throat> him working with the quarterbacks there is going to make it very interesting. It depends who they bring in. Well, they did. But they already have Nick Arbuckle. With his mind. Yeah, well... Yeah, we'll see about that. He's played how many games this? Did he play last year? Seven or eight? Yeah, well, at least Something it was seven or eight job. more than uh, than uh, James Franklin. Very true, but um, we haven't seen if he passes the Jonathan Jennings smell test yet. It could be it's the Calgary system. We can go back into that if we need to. No, I think uh, Lapalise is going to do re- quite well there. Um, with his offensive mind, it will be fun to watch the offense. But like you said, it's with Desjardins and the problems he's had. But I think Lapo is going to do good. I'm very happy to see him leave Winnipeg, don't get me wrong, because the heir apparent should be announced in the next week or so, I think. Um, but we'll get into that one later. Do you know who it is? Uh I think I do. Speculation? We'll talk about that later. Buck Pierce? Oh no, no, it's yeah, it's going to be Buck. Yeah, it's going to be Buck. <laughs> but anyway, with Lapo, no, I, as long as he surrounds himself with good coaches, and he doesn't outcoach himself when it comes to the offense, 
right? You only need so many trick plays. And he probably has every trick play in the CFL. He sometimes outthinks himself. And that's what he did as a head coach when he was in Winnipeg, too. Uh, I think he will do really good there, though. Face it, he's he had to do that shit in, in, in Winnipeg because he really didn't have a team to coach. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but um, let's face it, he's in the East Division, so 10 and 8 is going to get him first place. So, yeah, it would. I think they've got. Ooh. I think they've got the talent there to do it. So I, I like Lapley's. This is his last chance as a head coach. Go for it. I don't know if it's his last chance as a head coach. I really don't. I don't think he's going to coach forever. No. I don't think he's one of those guys. It just depends on wife and kids. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody else want in on Lapolis? I think it's a good hire. Okay. Sorry. Phil, go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Thanks. Just something short. You know, uh, clearly the the situation last year between Marcel Desjardins and Rick Campbell was very toxic. And all you got to look at is their 2019 free agency. Uh, That was toxic with their fans as well. It, It was toxic across the CFL. Everybody noticed what happened there um, but uh, so I think this is a dangerous <coughs> dangerous situation for Lapo and, and I will agree with uh, the, the previous statement uh, mentioned by Mark that uh, this is definitely his last kick at the can uh, at, at head coaching and I'm actually afraid for his future as a CFL head coach because of Marcel Deschamps' track record recently that's all Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, Charles, go ahead. No, I think it's a good hire, but I was going to echo what everyone else is saying about Marcel Desjardins. Marcel Desjardins. I think Rick Campbell is a good coach, and he had no chance with that team that Desjardins put together last year. Um, they got decimated, if you remember, last year in free agency. Um. Well, they're not going to get decimated this year because nobody wants any of their players, but they're going to have to add some pieces, and not just a couple. They're going to have to add quite a few. They brought in Nick Arbuckle as a quarterback. Um, we'll wait and see if he can take a team by himself, but he's going to, they're going to need a lot. That was a terrible, terrible defense they had last year. They're going to have to rebuild that defense. Uh, so, yeah, it, this is big, big um, – off-season for Marcel Desjardins because uh, you can say all you want about saying the right things with um, with uh, Paul Apolis, but unless uh, Desjardins improves this team, uh, it isn't going to matter what what Paul Apolis does. Yeah, it's all about manpower. Without question, we know that, and, and it wasn't, and that's kind of why it wasn't really fair to Devon Claybrooks. I mean, Ed Hervey did not assemble a good team last year, in my opinion. I agree with that as well. So, um, you know, that, that that sucks and that's sad and so be it, whatever. But we move on. Um, William, you got anything to say on this one, or are we going to move on to Scott Milanovic? 
Yeah, you know what? Not really. I mean, Paula Police, I, I've always thought he deserved another chance as a head coach, and he's finally got it. I know it's Ottawa, but you never know. I mean, you never know. If he hires the right assistants, you'd be surprised at what they'll do. But they still need they did they still need big personnel changes, and and I'm assuming that he probably had that conversation with Desjardins, and uh, he'll get him well. And they got Nick Arbuckle, who I'm not completely sold, but I still think Nick Arbuckle is currently better than anything they had last year. So. No arguments Let's from anybody on this happens. podcast. Nope. Let's see what happens. Okay. Actually, and it might even be said if I if I if I could pretend I'm CJ for a minute. Okay, with the exception of Zach Kolaris, Nick why, Arbuckle. Why the hell would you better, do that? If, if, if Nick Arbuckle is better than any quarterback that was on Winnipeg last year. I would disagree with. I don't think he's better than Zach Caleros. When it's, uh, no, no, he I said, said with the exception of Zach I said with the exception of Zach Caleros. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And when Will I, qualified I, it like that, I I had to agree one hundred percent with his yeah, statement. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take Nick Arbuckle over Chris Strebler. Yeah. At least Nick Arbuckle looked like a quarterback. Take him over Matt Nichols, too. Yeah. So, yeah, and and, and he's better than a lot of quarterbacks in the CFL yep. right now. So I'm, I'm not having a problem with that. He's definitely better than Dom Davis or, or Jonathan Jennings. Uh, and he's got more poison in the pocket than, uh, than a lot of quarterbacks out there. So I, I'm very comfortable with the move for Ottawa to do that. But they cannot just throw him but, to the wolves. They have to surround him with quality people I was going to say you can you can have good poise as a quarterback in Calgary if you have an offensive line around you okay yeah yeah if you're going to if you're going to get your head ripped off on every play let's see where his poise is then yeah i you know well uh, i always uh, i always uh thought that was because of the the design of the Calgary offense with the uh, quick release. Well, there's not not much argument from that. More more than the offensive line, I guess, was the statement I was trying to make. Well, the offensive line allows you the quick release. Because all you have to do is stand them up. And if your quarterback can throw the ball, get it out of his hands in a short period of time, the offensive line looks awesome. Yeah, okay. it makes it easier on an offensive line. I guess is the, the point I was trying to make. It's, uh, it's easy to look very good as an offensive lineman in Calgary because of the design of the offense is, is what I was trying to it's it's really easy to look really good as a quarterback if you have an awesome old line too. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So you know it goes both ways that it it has to be a partnership. It has to be a union between the quarterback and and the offensive line and the offensive coordinator because running plays are what 
the O-line wants to, to run, right? So if you're going to have a throw first, throw often um, uh, quarterback and offensive coordinator, then you better get it out of the ball out of his hands early. Otherwise, you're going to lose your O-line. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. There's a lot going on there that, you know, you just – people don't just take for granted. Oh, the O-line's not playing very well. Well, it's not play – the play calling sucks. To help analyze that, if you compare, say, the Calgary and and, uh, British Columbia Lions uh, offenses or throwing game in 2019, uh, Mike Riley needed a little more time than a, a Nick Arbuckle or, or Bo Levi Mitchell because of the design of the offense. Just throwing that out there. Well, they they didn't call the right – Jarius Jackson was not the co- offensive coordinator for Mike Riley. That's just so fucking obvious no. it's ridiculous. Okay? That just, th- Those two did not go together. Regardless of what anybody thinks they, they did, you've you got to run the ball, and you got to get the ball out of Mike's hands earlier. That means that there has to be some decent receivers that are running good patterns, and the O-line has to give him enough time to get the ball out of his hands. He didn't have time to get the ball out of his hands because he was running for his goddamn life. Well, he's running. Okay. Hey, guys, what's... I mean... Let's face it, that's why, and I've said this numerous times as well, football is the ultimate team sport, and it goes from one end of the team to the other, coaches, players, everything. Okay, it's all got to work in sync, and it's all got to jive. And if it doesn't jive, then, or if you don't buy into a system and you want to use your own system, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, no, and and like I said, that's why the Calgary Stampeders are the you know the epitome of the, the CFL. It's it's it, they're they're it. No, that's it. They are it because of the way that they put their teams together, and it's not just the players; it's the team. Okay, jump down to the last one: Scott Milanovic, Edmonton Eskimos. This is a great hire. This is an absolute great hire. Okay? Scott Milanovic was the coach in Toronto when Trevor Harris was there. Right? Mm -hmm. These two know each other. They have some history. This this was a great move. I, I cannot tell you how much I like this move for the Edmonton Eskimos. The fact that they were able... To get Scott Milanovic back in the CFL, astronomical. As Phil said earlier, this is a great move for the entire league. It's so good to have him back here. I, I'm so stoked about this one. I am kind of sad that it's Edmonton, but hey, what the hell? Run it around, Phil. You start us off. Well, I, this is the most unknown in a way of all the hirings because he's been out of the league for a few years. But like, like you mentioned, one of the most interesting because clearly the hiring of Scott Milanovic by the Edmonton Eskimos is Trevor Harris approved. And if your starting quarterback, who is your, your franchise leading player is approving 
of this head coach who has a track record previously in the CFL that is so tremendous, I, th- I think this is one of the most solid hirings there is that, that we've seen of, of the four we've talked about tonight. That's really all I got. This is the, the most solid hire? Is that what you said? Um, I, I think so. I, I think it's the most slam dunk based on his track record. Okay. Anybody going into BC, there are things going to be unknown, particularly when he left a franchise. I'm talking about Rick Campbell. When he left a franchise that had fallen from grace and had difficulties, maybe clearly internal difficulties. And and we don't know how much of that to put on, on his general manager and how much of that to put on him. So I think there's some... There, there, there's an example of how BC has still got some questions going into 2020. Of course, there's questions in Toronto with Ryan Dinwiddie, uh, a head coach that appears to be promoted so quickly in, within the CFL. And, of course, the, the problems we've talked about in Ottawa, based on the history, recent history in Ottawa, of what's happened with the general manager and their, their handling of, of, of contracts and rosters. So uh, this is even though this is the least known in a way or the least uh, interesting hire in, in a way, uh, I think this is the solidest hire. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. So going back to this uh, thing about Trevor Harris, Trevor Harris started in the Toronto Argonauts in 2012, and he was there till 2015. Scott Milanovich was in Toronto from 2012 to 2016. Coincidence that these two are back together again? They they played four seasons together. You know a guy really well if you've got him on your roster for four seasons. Yeah. They're going to make Trevor Harris together. Trevor Harris loves this hire. Scott Milanovic came back to the CFL, which as a betting man I would have said never would have happened. And uh, yeah, no, this this was a great hire for uh, for Edmonton. William, you got to have some input on this. Well, you know what? I I think I mean sure. Of course, Scott Milanovic is a good hiring. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's he's got a proven track record. But what I think that the, this overall thing is that we've been talking about is. With the exception of Ryan Dinwiddie, because he is really an unknown as a head coach, yeah, I think right across the board the coaching is outstanding. Like already before the season starts, you have great coaching talent in the right spots. Yeah, and and the one thing, and I don't know if it's in Charles' agenda or not, and the one coaching move we also have to talk mm-hmm. about is Saskatchewan hiring Jason Moss. That is going to be big. Yeah. That is a big I accidentally move. missed that one, and I was just thinking about it because that one should yeah. be talked about because that is it's, an it's, important one. It's huge because you have you have Cody Fajardo, who is a young quarterback, and you have Jason Moss, who, with the exception of, with the exception of Trevor Harris getting hurt this year, 
he would have had the leading quarterback, the leading passing quarterback in the CFL the last four years. Okay? And that says something about Jason Moss. I think he works well with quarterbacks. So that'll be a huge move for Saskatchewan. And I don't like to give Saskatchewan credit, but whoever came up with that idea should be, uh, should be, it's a brilliant move. So. Yep. Okay. And we're going to go back to something else that just kind of piqued my interest is because you guys made, or Will, you made comment about um, Craig Dickinson in, in Saskatchewan. And uh, you also made a question about well, Ryan Dinwiddie. What's that? You said Craig Dickinson. Sorry. You mean Jason Moss? No, I said Craig Dickinson in in oh, in Saskatchewan. Sorry, my mistake. It was said earlier that uh, that you know that Saskatchewan did very well with Craig as is the quarterback coach, where nobody thought that he would be. And I'm going to go back and saying, well, is it the coach or is it the system? Because I think Craig. Uh, Chris Jones left that team in extremely good shape. And could Craig Dickinson have done the same thing in Ottawa or Toronto that he did in Saskatchewan well, last year? Well, yeah, but yeah, but maybe Phil can answer this because I don't remember. Um, two years ago, Saskatchewan's defense outscored their offense. Was it the yes. same last year? I don't think so, was it? No, it wasn't. No, I, not last their, year. It their, wasn't, offense, no. their offense was a lot better last year, and that had nothing it was. to do with Chris Jones. Nothing. No, it had everything to do with the fact spent, that they had a quarterback. They didn't well, no, have no, a quarterback the year no before. Yeah but, yeah, but he was also the GM and everything else in Saskatchewan, and he should have brought in a quarterback, but he did not care about offense, period. I, I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying that I think the systems that Chris Jones had in place in Saskatchewan when he left, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders were not in bad shape. Well, sure, but I'm going to qualify that and say the defensive system. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously, gonna... obviously the offensive system wasn't that great because they got rid of uh, – McCracker or whatever the heck his name was in Saskatchewan. McAdoo. What was his name? McAdoo, McAdoo, thank you. I couldn't remember his name. And replaced him with Jason Moss. Mm-hmm. So obviously they weren't happy with that system. Now consider also that was after the uh, the Riders led the league in passing, uh, led the league in a lot of offensive cor- uh, uh, or maybe it wasn't passing, maybe Edmonton slightly ahead. But uh, led led the league in a, a whole bunch of offensive categories, and then they they uh, amicably uh, agreed to part ways with their offensive coordinator, which you know I question a lot, and I wasn't entirely excited about the Jason Moss hiring, but really, the more and more I think about it, and more and more I look at it, at, like as you guys pointed out, the success he's had uh, with his quarterback. Uh, I think they're in really, really good shape now. And I agree with you, Will, when you say that uh, that uh, the riders were left in very, very good shape, I guess it was you, Christopher, by Chris Jones. And he, he this is in my, my belief, and, and a lot of people in, in, in Saskatchewan disagree with me, but um, 
this has still been Chris Jones's team, at least till the end of the 2019 season. Now, as we know, this is uh, going to be one of the highest movement off-seasons, particularly on defense and defensive backs, and uh, that could shake things up in Saskatchewan. And, and Jason Shivers did a great job holding over the Chris Jones defense, but will that continue? That's hard to say. That's all I got. Well, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from Mark and it's on this. 336 days away. Everybody's hooped when it comes to free agency and whatever position. Winnipeg had what was it, the least amount in the CFL, and they had 24. Mm-hmm. So every single team is going to be completely different this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, I think that's all. Um a guarantee, pretty much. And they always change every year anyway. So. Yep, it does. It's the CFL. Nowhere more than the defensive backfield, at least when it comes to teams in the West. Oh, Winnipeg had uh, BC defensive backfield for the last three years. Yep. Yeah, they did. Winston Rose. Just go there. You see, I hope, I hope Calgary makes a bid for... Uh, for uh, Chris Trebler this year because they need a running back. <laughs> hey, he did what? throw a touchdown pass in the Grey Cup. Yeah. You mean he? You mean he pitched the shot put in the Grey Cup? Oh yeah. Okay, but it, it's still considered a pass. Still allowed as a pass. Yeah. 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 I I really hope that the BC Lions uh, sign Brandon Bridge back. (laughs) It's been a long time since BC Lions had a big, solid Canadian slot back. Yeah. I mean, Jason Claremont's the last one, isn't it? I, I, I think he needs to be a slot back. Really, seriously. Brandon Bridge should play receiver. He needs to play switch He's positions. He's never going to play in the CFL as a quarterback. He needs to play receiver. He needs to be a slot back. He needs to do a Sinopoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like Brad Sinopoli. Look how well that's worked out for him. Oh. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame quarterback. Or, uh, Who was? Receiver. Hall of, Hall of Fame receiver in Brad Sinopoli. Yep, absolutely. Was it the BC Lions that signed Brandon Bridge this year late in the season? Yes. They signed him once uh, Mike Riley got injured because they needed another quarterback on the roster. Well, Danny O'Brien and Brandon Bridge is how we finished the season. Like, seriously. Yeah, because not only that, the Lions had that other quarterback that got knocked out. Uh, The guy that everyone was high on. What was his name? Um... Uh, High is a good word to use for the BC Lions. Yeah. Yeah. But there was one guy, um, they wanted to bring him in. They brought him in. He looked good in training. I can't remember his name, but he was in in the game, I believe, where Riley got knocked out. And then he ended up, I think, uh, tearing his ACL and being knocked out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, sorry to go off on a quick tangent, but I just remembered, and I'll forget that. Kramer. Kramer was his name. Right, yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
did you see that they removed only having two quarterbacks on the uh, roster? Yes. No, that's not. They took that, it out of no, the CBA. no, no. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. I thought that's okay. what I saw on Twitter. No, that is People not what happened. Interpreting the rule from the start. Yes. The the rule oh, was okay. you no longer had to mandatory have three quarterbacks. Oh, so if you wanted, you could only have two. Okay. Yes. If you wanted, yeah. you could only run two quarterbacks, where that was yeah. not allowed in the previous CBA. You had to dress well, three quarterbacks. Well, why didn't they say that in the first place? Yeah. Well, the, the, so they, they did. They they just nobody the heard place. them. Effectively, this opens up one roster spot for a non-quarterback position. Is really what it yeah. does. Yeah. If yeah. at the yeah, coaches' discretion. I mean, Hamilton last year only dressed two quarterbacks. They did that yeah. because the CBA allowed it. Okay. So they were already using that rule where they were dressing one more non-quarterback? That's correct. Okay. okay. Now, the, the rule is in full enforce this year, and the, uh, the, the deal is you can have three quarterbacks on your roster and only dress two. Okay, so it doesn't go back to not developing your third quarterback or anything else because you can do all of that, and whichever game you want, you can dress three or two or whatever. That's now it's totally up to the team as to how they wish to play this. Where prior to that, the CBA demanded that they dress three quarterbacks for every game. Now That's every the only guy difference. on the bubble to be on the forty-four man roster from the forty-six. Is going to be looking at that third string quarterback, thinking, "You got my game check." Well, no, of course they all forty six get the game check, but you got my dress. Yeah. However, it works out. You know, yep. but they, they they did not change the rule. Okay, I thought they did. No, no, it's, it, it was just misinterpreted by too many people. And, you know, and I was listening, I never read it, and I listened to a bunch of people, and, and you know, the argument came up is, oh, the, the, the teams are only allowed to to dress two quarterbacks this year, and I thought that was asinine. And then I found out what the rule really is, and I don't have an issue with it at all. If you want to dress two, go ahead. If you want to dress three, go ahead. There is no requirement to the amount of quarterbacks you can dress. I think you could probably dress four if you wanted. I think that that's what the rule has done, is taken out the amount of quarterbacks that you are mandatorily allowed or required to dress. So I don't think there's any limit one way or the other. And think about it. Be, Mike Riley, more than likely you only have to dress one quarterback. The hell? Why not get a couple of good old linemen on the list, on the roster? Yeah, but you know what they say about when old people start breaking bones, they break even more and faster. I know, I know. I, I, I broke my finger not that long ago, but it wasn't really my fault. Okay. What time is it here? We're, are we on a tangent here? It's 20 after 9 already, and we're on segment 4. Uh, Montreal Alouettes have new owners. Yay, we're all excited about this. Who gives a shit who they are? I did see a story today that the league did not give uh, Stark uh, 
Tony Stark a, an adequate chance of buying yeah. the team. And uh, I'm just going, seriously, like you had every opportunity to buy the team and you didn't step it up and do it. for over a year. Yeah. The, yeah. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> but they got new owners and that's a good thing. And I'm pretty happy for the Montreal Alouettes, their fans, the team, the new owners, everything about it. This is great. Uh, this is a couple of guys who love the CFL, have participated in the CFL. And uh, when they found out that the team was available to them at the Grey Cup game, uh, they both stepped up, father, uh, father and son, no, father-in-law and son, and uh, stepped up as the new owners. I believe that's what happened here. Okay. Anybody got anything to say about this? Because it's really a non-topic. Well, it is. Yeah, it is, it is. I'm just glad that it uh, brings some stability to that uh, uh team and not going into the second year in a row with the league owning it, which is a plus. So I think it's a good thing. Uh, this obviously came up quickly because we hadn't heard it. We had, for over a year, we had been hearing all these different names, but these guys' names never came up until but, basically until they were announced. So, Well, they, they were not even an option before the Grey Cup game. Okay. So let, let's say that this is, this is less than six weeks that this deal came together. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they were at the Grey Cup game in a somebody's private box, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody jokingly told them that they should buy the team, and one looked at the other and said, "I'm in, I'm in," and then they just went at it from there. That's the story I read. So you know, before the Grey Cup game, they had it, it hadn't even thought they hadn't even thought about it. And if, if they can put this deal together in five weeks, they had to have wanted the team. Yeah, they, they have to be committed the to the other guys. <laughs> they obviously, yeah. the other guys weren't exactly uh, coming in. Quick. They had all sorts of ch- opportunities to buy the team and never could. So, yeah, that's exactly my point. I said, you know what? If you're going to mm-hmm. diddle daddle around and, and and hum and haw, and, and you're not going to get up and write a check, then. Get out of the way and shut up. So, I, I'm happy for the Montreal Alouettes. Okay, several impact players have been released to try out in the NFL. Who has the best chance to stick and who is the most impactful loss? I don't care. I really don't. Once you're, you've left the CFL and you're gone to the NFL, I wish you all the best. Go ahead. But we're not talking about you anymore because you're no longer part of our league. And uh, your team is going to be a loss. But you know what? So what? Who's going to be the big loss? I don't know. Trey Roberson, Reggie Biggleton, uh, Winston Rose. Uh, it could be a lot of different people. They're all – if you're not an impactful player on your team, you're not going to get an opportunity in the NFL. So every one of them is going to be a loss to whatever team had them. (coughs) That's my thought on this one. Uh, Anybody want to say, is there somebody out there that you absolutely cannot do without? Uh, None of the Bombers that have left yet, but I sure as hell don't want to see uh, Willie Jefferson go to the NFL. 
I, I think he, if he was going to go to the NFL, he would have done it already. There's still guys getting game tape from him. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Ah. The thing with these guys leaving is, yeah, will it hurt for maybe a year? Sure. How many thousand defensive players come out of the American colleges? 22,000. 22,000 in Division 1. That's just Division 1. Nobody's irreplaceable. No. Every year, somebody pops up and is the next big defensive player. Or offensive player. Or next quarterback. Or or next whatever. Yeah, but especially on defense because there's so many guys that in a lot of the American colleges, they play a CFL-style game. So there's so many guys that come out of the defense and go, oh, cool, I understand this a little bit at least. So, you know, they're easy to find. And what, 1% make it to the NFL? No. Less than 1%? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, sure it hurts. The thing that for me that sucks is the name recognition. Other than that, it's like I love going to training camp and going, holy crap, this kid's good. Who the hell is he? Yeah. I do yeah. find that kind of enjoyable. Okay. So that's for your, your math there, 22,000 mm-hmm. Division One players, that's just Division One. 1% of that would be 220 players. Okay, there's no 220 yep. players coming out of college every year into the NFL. No. Okay, I don't think there's 40. I think after college, at least one percent of the NCAA guys uh, work at Burger King. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That I, I could probably agree with. I'm like probably sure of that one. Yeah. Or some other fast food restaurant. Taco time or whatever, right? Okay. Uh, Red Blacks acquire Nick Arbuckle. I think we've already discussed this one. There's no point in rehashing that one. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli re-signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Do we expect a competition with Dane Evans this training camp? Well, from everything that I've heard, Jeremiah Mazzoli will be starting the, the 2020 CFL season on the six-game injury list. He is not going to be coming back right away. Signing him was a little bit off. For me, why would you do that, or why would you feel the need to do that? <clears throat> I don't think anybody else was going to sign him. Yeah, Ooh, strange, strange move. You know, did, what does this say to Dane Evans, Evans, who took you to a Grey Cup? Yeah. This is what I didn't understand. Dane Evans played so well last year, and even though he took you to the Grey Cup, you're probably going to get him cheaper than you're going to get Mazzoli. 
because he has only had the one year. So I <laughs> I figured he would just let him go to free agency and they would just keep going with Dane Evans. So I'm really surprised that they made that move, especially seeing as he's injured and, as well and isn't even going to be ready for the beginning of the season. So I don't – yeah, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I guess – you can also make the case, hey, maybe Dane Evans was a one-hit wonder, and then you got to have the guy after but that. He's so a, he's also under contract for the next this year. It's two years, two years, right? Next two years. Still have him for two years. Yeah. Dane Zane Evans, Dane Evans, or yes. whatever the fuck his name yes. is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he signed and a three-year contract. And for okay. pennies, okay, for, for pennies. pennies. Okay, but on the other hand, maybe they didn't want, okay, because I guarantee you Toronto or Ottawa would have signed Mazzoli in a second because both of them lack quarterbacks. So. Okay, so is there a quarterback controversy in Hamilton, or are we going to see Zach Evans, Dane Evans, Dane Evans, Dane Evans, Dane Evans starting off the CFL season, and it's his team to lose. I Even though Mazzoli's a higher-priced quarterback on the roster right now, does Mazzoli come back from injury and get the number one spot and and get him pushed back, just kind of like what uh, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell did to Nick Arbuckle? Not quite the same because you know it wasn't a quarter. It wasn't the Grey Cup that didn't go the entire season. Yada yada yada. But you got to be you, out of sorts if that happens. Does Mazzoli just come back to anointed to the number one position? I don't know how you do that to a uh, a quarterback that took you to a Grey Cup game. Um. I think, well, the thing is, like, like you said, Mazzoli's probably not going to be ready to start the season. So um, maybe what they do here in a case like this, they got him under contract. You go there and you see how Dane Evan performs in the first five or six weeks. Uh, he's there, and then maybe if he's still performing at the same level he performed at last season, then maybe try and deal Mazzoli at that point. Or look I mean, at it is... as how many teams had a quarterback that lasted the entire season. That's Not... the other thing. Not one. You exactly. need two quarterbacks. You yeah. need two and, and Mark, three like quarterbacks to... now. I want to expand on what Mark said there. You know, this this move by Ticats to sign Mazzoli, I like I like it a lot because this is this is a way better move than say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders trading Zach Caleros at midseason for next to nothing. And, uh, and you guys all know how that worked out. Like traded him to Toronto. Yeah, and he Zach, even, Cal- even yeah, wear Zach Caleros won a great cup. And, and you can see the comparison I'm trying to make here. Well, yep. the comparison for for Dane Evans is more towards Jonathan Jennings than it is to Zach Caleros in that aspect, where the guy had an amazing season, looked awesome, and uh, the the number one quarterback is injured. They sign the number one quarterback again. He starts the season on the six-game list, 
which is what Travis Lule did. And then um, Jonathan Jennings just absolutely sucked. And they brought Travis back sooner than they wanted to. And uh, and the rest is history there. It never really worked out for them at all. And then uh, is that the same thing with Dane Evans in Hamilton? Is he going to play really good and then come back and crash? Or is he going to come back and, and show everybody what's going to, you know, that he's the quality quarterback we think he is? I think I there's a better parallel a there. Parallel. What's that? That's a perfect that's parallel. That's a good parallel. That's a good parallel as well. It is. Yep. Realistically now, recent history, you immediately go, and I did it with Evans, I've done it with Arbuckle, and I'm doing it with Fajardo. Does it pass the Jonathan Jennings smell test? Jennings looked like he was going to be a legend. Yes, And now he can't throw a ball more than five yards for a completion. So, yeah, you guys look great. You're 24 years old. Let's see what happens. You have to have a veteran backup. You just have to. And a lot of times, too, with these younger guys, too, uh, when they first come out and have uh, a lot of success, no one's got film on these guys. They don't know their tendencies and what they want like to do. Now they're going to have film on these guys. They know what they like to do. They've got a whole season on Cody Fajardo now. So now uh, coaches have a better opportunity to defend against them and game plan for them. Yeah. Well, well, and I think that's Charles, all the maybe that's kids. maybe that is uh, in what was sort of in the riders thinking in replacing their offensive coordinator and bringing in Jason Moss to try to, you know, put a, a curveball in there. Well, I don't think it is. I think they just try, need to develop him properly, right? I mean, he's he's come out of nowhere, out of left field, had major success, and is he going to crash in the Jonathan Jennings fashion next year? Or are they doing something that is proactive so that that doesn't happen? And that's what Jason Moss is doing. Is it, I think it's a phenomenally good proactive move to try to save a rookie quarterback from the second-year jitters. It, it, it's a brilliant move on the riders' part, but I wouldn't be betting it all my, my, my team on it, my, the success of my team this year on Cody Fajardo, any more than I would be betting the success of the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Dane Evans. I agree, Chris. Saskatchewan gave him $400,000. They did. Based off one season. The the Riders are going into 2020 with the shallowest quarterback depth in the CFL. If you you really look at each team's quarterback room, including including Ottawa, including Toronto, and, of course, Montreal, uh, and, of course, the rest of the West, the, the Riders are heading into 2020 with the shallowest quarterback room. Want to bet? Hmm. Name the Bomber well, quarterback. Well, of course, Bomber's got to get somebody under co- contract. But they're they're probably going to be signed under contract, Mark, so quit crying. Let's, I know. I know. Let, <laughs> let's suppose that two – well, how many? Let's go, let's go to there, Mark. What's going to happen there? I understand that Chris Trevler is the number one sign. 
And I was like, what? And then they're like, but of course, it has to be either Nichols or or Zach Claros signed. What are your thoughts on the quarterback situation going into 2020 with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? They cannot sign Matt Nichols. They just can't. The fans will boo him off the field. It's got to be Strebler and or and uh, Claros or somebody else, but it can't be Nichols. That's it. That's you lost me at and or. At and or. Well, Nick, Caleros or whoever else. Yeah. Caleros may walk to it, Toronto. Regardless yeah, and, of what his opinions are of Winnipeg, that is still yeah, oh, an no, extremely no. I, strong I, I possibility. I agree with you fully. I agree okay. with you fully. And he also may only last one play again. Exactly. You, you cannot bet your season on Zach Caleros. Although oh, not no. Winnipeg yeah. did, and they were successful. In no way, shape, or form am I saying it, but they can't bring Nichols back. They can't. He will get booed off the field. Yeah, the, the, man, you get the Chris, mistake, you get Chris Strebler back, Zach Caleros walks to Toronto. What's the quarterbacking situation in Winnipeg? It's shit. But so they're going to have to bring they, they have to sign. They they have to sign Matt Nichols if if that if Zach if they can't sign Zach Galeros they have to sign Nichols. I know, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. He's going to get booed off the field the first time he throws an interception or an incompletion. <laughs> so assuming that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers sign two of the three and get their quarterbacking situation kind of shored up, then the next shallowest quarterback room compared to the Saskatchewan Roughriders in the CFL. In, in my opinion, would be the Calgary Stampeders. And, Will, you, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Calgary Stampeders quarterbacking situation going into 2020. Are the BC Lions any better? Yeah, they got Mike Riley, who's their backup. I don't think We're, we're looking one. at our backup quarterback, who is now defensive assistant. He retired, and we didn't even know about it. Yeah, and you know what? I think still all the way around the league – and last year was the exception to the rule, or guys stepped up. But if you, if we hadn't talked about this at the beginning of last year, nobody had a backup quarterback. It's not. It's nobody. Ha, nobody has a strong backup quarterback in the CFL. It's been that case for many, many years. Okay. Um, and in, as far as Calgary's quarterback situation goes. They got a quarterback with a broken wing, and they got Montel Cozart. That's it. And who, well, Montel who? Montel who? Yeah. Montel Kozak has is, is got more possibilities, more upside than, than a lot of other CFL quarterbacks that have never played a game. Possibly. Okay. But we haven't really and seen him. You've also we got a guy really named Marcus McMarion. Who? Who? I'm just looking at the Calgary Stampeders roster right now because I was trying to remember uh, Montel Kozak's yeah, yeah. name. Because I the mean, Calgary Stampeders I mean, have a young stud in the stable that most people don't know about and have, haven't heard about, and it is Montel. Okay? Yeah, but, but if you flip o- over to the BC I, I, Lions roster right now, I don't even think we have a second quarterback on the roster. Do you know who the third-string quarterback was in Calgary last year when they decided to put Montel Cozart 
on the practice roster for that extra spot. Do you know who the third-string quarterback was? Go ahead. Trey Roberson. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, because he played he played NCAA college quarterback. That's what what he did in college. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the last six games of the year, they only dressed two quarterbacks, and Cozart was on the practice roster. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to get an offensive lineman or something like that. But most teams still are are pretty weak in the quarterback situation. And you know what? I would never, I would not even consider signing Zach Kolaris to anything because he's not going to last the season if he's the starter. And you know what, Mark? If Winnipeg doesn't have a choice, they have to sign Matt Nichols because he's yeah. the only experienced quarterback. Oh, out trust there. me, I know. I know. Unless, me, I know. unless of it's course, not going to end well, unless, though. Unless, of course, Ryan Walters can talk Darian Durant into coming out of retirement <laughs> for a $70,000 bonus or something. No, <laughs> okay. Jonathan Jennings is going to be available. Only okay. if he does it later in the season and walks away, so, or later in the free agency season, and walks away with yet another signing bonus so that we can sign another guy of the caliber of Adam Big Hill. <laughs> Well, Gary and Durant and, and doesn't steal the seventy grand or however Bomber fans want to say it. We don't get Adam Big Hill. <laughs> right, but I'm I'm also thinking I'm also thinking there's not I mean quarterback is once again CFL is a quarterback driven league. And nobody yep. I, I really don't think Christopher I don't really don't think Jonathan Jennings is gonna have a job this year. Oh, I guarantee it won't. It's not going to happen. Neither will Dom Davis. I was going to say, neither will Dom Davis. Well, after the performance those two put on last year, I can't imagine anyone wanting him. Dom Davis is under contract for 2020 in in Ottawa. He may be the backup quarterback to uh, to Nick Arbuckle. Yeah, I think Dom Davis has some potential under Paul Apolli's. So you're Thanks. the one. <laughs> yeah, well, he was, but but Mark, but but uh, Phil, he was in Winnipeg with with uh, Lapolice. Come on, Lapolice, yeah. and Lapolice probably had no problem with him leaving. Okay, so there's that to consider, but any more than Drew Willie. <laughs> Forgot, you know, hey, Drew Char- Willie's still a young man. He could come back too. Charles, do you know who the BC Lions have as quarterbacks on the roster besides Mike Riley? I honestly do not. General, there's I two guys. One by the name Ryan, of Grant Kramer. Grant, Grant Kramer. Kramer. He's the one I mentioned. Ricky. Injury. He thought he's probably not going to be um, um, ready because he tore up his knee at the end of last season. He's the Ricky one that I, got, that I remember. Ricky Lloyd, okay. Ricky Lloyd actually showed a little bit of potential in the preseason last year, but, I mean, he's still very green. Uh, I don't want him as the number two guy. He's not ready yet. That That's our that's our quarterbacking situation. So please don't tell me that your quarterbacking situation is lighter. Okay, M- maybe in Saskatchewanville with Cody Fajardo, 
doesn't compare to Mike Riley, which I, I can't argue or agree with. But in the secondary position, there's not too many teams out there that's weaker than BC. It's starting to sound like, like uh, Jennings back up. Who knows? If if uh, we have the same kind of injuries in 2020 that we had in 2019, it's starting to sound that like uh, Western teams are the ones that can be struggling, and maybe this will be the year of Eastern domination. No, the, the Eastern teams don't have a number one quarterback. No, but they got depth. They all seem to have depth. They don't have depth. I mean, Ottawa doesn't have depth. Montreal doesn't have depth. Toronto has no depth. Hamilton's got Mazzoli, and he's starting on the six-game injury list. So there's no depth there either. I mean, seriously, who who does Montreal have in their stable right now? They got the badge. Vernon Adams Jr. is the number one quarterback. Who's number two over there? <coughs> We've got, seen a lot of potential in number two before. Think? Yeah. Uh, they got they got Dom Davis think? in number two position in Ottawa. Whoop dee doo. They got James Franklin in number two position in Toronto. Whoop dee doo. They got Cloud Bethel Thompson is in the number one position. That's no screaming hell. We like him. Number two. But we, he should be a number two. We've all agreed that Zach Caleros is going to end up in Toronto, so that's going to strengthen that room. And and he's going to play how many games did he play in in Saskatchewan? How many games does Zach Caleros play as a starting quarterback in Saskatchewan? How many violations are you going to see like that again? Wasn't it one play? In in 2020. I think it was three. Three plays? Yeah, three plays. I think it was two offensive plays and a kickoff. He didn't play the kickoff, so I believe it was two plays. Okay, so I if I'm I am the general manager of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or the Toronto Argonauts, I'm not betting my franchise on Zach Calero's health. No, I would sign can't. him. Both of those teams, I would sign him in a heartbeat. Winnipeg at least has an O line that can protect him. The only thing I got to say, Zach Caleros was successful in Winnipeg where he was not successful in Saskatchewan or Toronto or Hamilton because he didn't have an O-line to protect him. Period. End of story. No debate. And he didn't have to play every down. No. Uh, Good point. You know, if you're going to tandem him with Strebler in Winnipeg, it, it could be a very dominant force in the CFL next year. Zach Caleros could play an entire season. Could. Don't bet on it. I'm not banking on it. Don't quote me on it. But it's possible. If he plays an entire season, I'll predict right now, Winnipeg will repeat. He's the best quarterback in the CFL, my opinion. I'm okay with that. It's my opinion as well. Winnipeg has to sign Zach Caleros. They have to sign Chris Strebler. Those two are not up for debate. 
They signed Matt Nichols. They're, all they're doing is repeating what they've done for the last four years, which was nothing. They were nothing for the last four years. They're a strong team. They were good defense. They were, uh, you know, they, they, they were a competitor. Nobody, nobody thought that they were ever going to do anything. Winnipeg fans all thought they would or hoped they would or, or prayed they would. But reality, Matt Nichols was never going to take you the distance. No more than Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to take you the distance in Hamilton. But Mazzoli and Evans could. Mazzoli and Evans could. Strebler and Caleros could. Could Strebler and Nichols do it? Would you bet your season on that? Nope. Probably not. You may have nope, to. But I would bet. I would bet my season that uh, Cody Fajardo and Nichols could after the Bombers sign Zach Caleros and Chris Trevler. Somebody's going to sign Matt Nichols. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to see happen. And, and that would be a very smart move, Phil. For everybody, including Nichols. And, and no one in Saskatchewan, me stating this in January, would agree with me right now. But, uh, you know, when you think things through about the longevity or the, you know, how, how it is quarterbacks are able to make a whole season in the CFL and how that hasn't been working out. It's like climate change. It's coming. It's worse and worse every year, man. Well, I, I think that the, 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 the tandem – of Strebler and Caleros last year for the last four or five games of the season in the playoffs took a lot of um, stress off of Caleros' ability to play. I think that if you don't have quarterbacks that don't have to play every down, they're going to feel better at the end of the game. They're going to feel better at the end of the season. I, I, I think that that's what Mike Riley has to stop doing is these third and shorts and, and, and stupid shit like this and, and need to sit on the bench a little bit more. And he could last a lot longer than what he's going to with the abuse that he's been taking. I, I, I see that that every down quarterback is not going to happen anymore. And that might not be the case with Bo Levi Mitchell, who never gets touched. But you have to have that somewhere. And I think that, that that's not a bad thing for right now to having a QB tandem. It also gets the second quarterback a lot more playing time than what they're normally getting. Uh-huh. You know, and in reality, you can talk all you want about quarterbacks and running backs. But let's face it. Winnipeg won the Grey Cup last year for two reasons. And it was their offensive line and their defensive line. Because down the stretch, those guys dominated. They owned every team they played. It's, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's defensive line had just 
some beef on that line like like no tomorrow, okay? And their offensive line was the same. And, you know, I well, mean, the that's Cup, why... They were playing four defensive ends on the right. lines. Right. So, you know, that was the biggest difference. And, and that was me sitting there watching Hamilton. And to me, in, in that Grey Cup game, Hamilton's line was way too light to handle Winnipeg's offensive line. And they just ate them. There was just no comparison. Yeah, good point, fellas. And, Mark, like you pointed out, the uh, four defensive ends playing on the defensive line there. Uh, after that game, I, I nicknamed it the Richie Hall Classic. Definitely. Now, hopefully he takes that as his swan song. <laughs> and fucks off? <laughs> no, no, retire champion. And let Jordan Younger take over. <clears throat> okay. I think we've just covered uh, segment nine, which is fresh off the Grey Cup, who will we think will be the starting quarterback in Winnipeg. I think we've done that Pretty one. Pretty much. Pretty much. we got about eight minutes left in the show, so six minutes left. So let's deal with a couple of things. Clarifying the rule on the CBA about the quarterbacks. Well, I think we've done that. Uh, one article that I noticed today that's not on the agenda, and uh, no fault Charles, I just noticed it. Um, Edmonton Eskimos announced that they will be doing a uh, general admission $22 uh, ticket for certain areas of the stadium, uh, end zones, whatever, walking around the concourse, not having a seat attached to it. Uh, this is on the heels of what Winnipeg did last year, I believe. Uh, they've also done uh, free admission to kids 17 and under through the months of July and August. Again, that's going to be specific sections, but it will actually have seats attached to it, uh, providing there's an, a, a, a paying adult accompany, accompanying them. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, any kid during the game or during the season, 12 years and under, get to free field level admission after the game to talk and get autographs from the players is when is is Edmonton doing moving the right direction with the CFL and trying to get these kids back into the game I love this I absolutely 100%. love the direction that they're going with this one mm-hmm. That's I brilliant. Think very smart We've always been able to go out in the field at IGF. It's absolutely brilliant. The players come out after from both teams usually. And we'll talk to the fans and stuff like that. It, and you see kids running around on the field, throwing the football with dad and stuff like that. You're growing season ticket holders. Yeah. It's a brilliant move by Edmonton. Yeah. At 17 and under, that's that's an adult. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean, you can be tried and out. So, I mean, this this is a great move to get young people involved. <coughs> I, I, I'm excited for the league and the direction smart. that a lot of teams are going. This is yeah, nothing yeah. new for Edmonton. Uh, they they always offered uh, cheap tickets in the end zones near. Uh, what uh, I think is the Winnipeg equivalent of the Rum Hut, or is or is it Edmonton that has the Rum Hut? I forget who it is. No, Winnipeg. And, uh, Winnipeg does. Winnipeg. 
they've had a bar in 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 the end of the stadium and offered low low price tickets down there. I've never been to it, but uh, I actually had tickets, never went when I lived in Edmonton. But uh, I've heard great things about it, and I've seen the promotions. And, and sometimes when they got the emptiest stadium, that area was the most packed area of the stadium. And I, I believe tickets were $20 for adults back then. And uh, But they, they made it off the booths. So it was a great marketing. And, and uh, I've actually known a lady who worked inside the the uh, Edmonton Eskimos organization for a uh, between the Oilers and the Eskimos was more than 30 years, and mostly with the Eskimos. And uh, their marketing team is uh, has been top notch. Now you got to realize the Eskimos have to market differently because they got a huge stadium that that's impossible <coughs> to fill in, with Commonwealth, which only cost the city or, or only cost 27 million dollars to build at the time they built it. The, the, the timing was correct, and considering what it would cost today. Sort of rambling on. Go ahead, guys. No, that's okay. I mean, it's what we're talking about. And Ch- Charles, do you remember yeah. um, uh, the President's Club at uh, BC Place? The President's Club. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was at one po- t- time called Pez's Place, and then it became the President's yes. Place after that. Yes, they do. Yes. yes. And it was the, a part of the end zone. It's kind of like what Club right. Orange is, except you had yep, a, a, a seat. seat. You had a designed seat in front of you. Yep. And you could just go up and hang out in the bar behind it. Club That's Orange right. was not like that because it was strictly nope. a box level type of thing. That's now changed. Yep. So the end zone it tickets has. that were, were very cheap, it's now called the Den. And you get mm-hmm. yourself a, 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 a seat designate, but you can go up and stay in the top. And that's kind of okay. – this is awesome now. This is absolutely awesome. I would definitely be having my seats in the end zone for 280 bucks. Okay, two hundred and eighty dollars. You can get a season's ticket in the den, and uh, go up to the bar, sit around, watch TV, do whatever else, or be sitting in your seat in the end zone. Yeah, I just because it's going. That. Yeah, it's just going back right to what a President's Club was uh, way back when. When I had I had season tickets in that. I also had them in Club Orange, but that's where I wanted to sit, and uh, they brought it back. This is awesome. I wish I was still down on the coast. I'd be going here. Uh, yeah, yep. I got that the thing, Mark. I understand that we got only uh, two minutes left in the show. Uh, anything else anybody wants to say before we wrap this up? Hey, uh, I just want Phil to know Phil would be very proud of me because my name is on the waiting list for Saskatchewan Rough Riders season tickets. Why? What the fuck? You heard me. I don't think they have a waiting want- list anymore. Yeah, they do. They they wait to see who's going to renew season tickets, and then they take you off the list. So, so I'm just waiting because I want dibs on good tickets for the Great Cup this year. So, oh, okay, oh. okay, okay. So you're just buying some cheap seats in 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 Saskatchewan for the season? No, 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 no. And no, no, no I'm not going to buy cheap seats. I'm not going to buy cheap seats because I want good seats if I go to the Great Cup. But I'm still debating whether I want to go to Regina for more than 15 minutes. So. Yeah, so let's, let's fly that. there for one okay, of the games. I got, Keep the- I got to wrap up the show, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast episode 417. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. It's good to be back talking football in 2020. 2020 is going to be a wonderful year for many teams in the CFL. 
And it starts now. starts today. Listen to the podcast. Enjoy it. Take care. Uh, say good night, Charles. Good night, folks. Uh, it's good to be back, and we'll talk to you next week. Bill. Hey, good night, folks. $280 season tickets in the Den in BC Place. Uh, you know who I'm talking to out there in North Vancouver. Okay. Mark. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And for the first time in 2020, BC sucks. Oh, fuck off. William, say good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Talk to you next Wednesday. Go Owls. Go Owls. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.